Ladies and gentlemen, Bearcats fans and beer drinkers, welcome back to episode three of the Go Bearcats podcast. I am your host, Brandon, and I'm glad to be back here with you on this beautiful sunny afternoon. We're recording this on election day. Uh, by the time that you're hearing this, it's hard to tell what will be happening. Uh, so let's stay at the topic at hand. Let's talk about the number six Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, they took care of business again this past week against Memphis. Uh, Des Ritter is the Tiger King, so is named this episode. A little later on, I'm going to be joined by my friend Riley uh, to talk about uh, the, the college football playoff race that is heating up. And uh, even ESPN and some other outlets have the Bearcats right there in the mix. But more on that later. But for now, it's, let's talk about the Bearcats and the Memphis Tigers and the massacre that took place on Halloween in Nipper Stadium. Des Ritter again came to play, played like a man, shredded the Memphis secondary, the whole entire defense, uh, completely disrespecting them all throughout the game. Uh, throwing balls into tight windows, right in front of the defense, right where they were, they could have been able to make a play had they been any better at what they were supposed to be doing. Uh, Des Ritter, no respect for the Memphis secondary at all, took it to him from the first play uh, really deep into deep of the fourth quarter. Uh, final score, 49-10 to uh, on the podcast last week. I predicted that the Bearcats would win by 17. They way overshot those expectations uh, because they can put points up. And we'll take that for the rest of the season. Ritter, in maybe his uh, best complete game in a Bearcats uniform, uh, without a doubt the best one this season, maybe uh, the best one within, within the past two seasons. Uh, he's 21 for 26 passing. That's about 80%. Uh, 271 yards with three touchdowns. He did have the one INT late uh, on a 50-50 ball. Uh, 
not really blame him, blaming him for that. The game was well within reach, or way with way out of reach by that point. Uh, he also rushed for 41 yards and had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, was in total control the entire game. Didn't uh, Memphis couldn't throw anything at him that uh, you know took him off balance or uh, or could stop him really. Uh, on top of that, you had uh, an, another 100-yard performance from the running backs. This one, uh, Jared Dokes had had two back-to-back uh, 100-yard -back rushing games. This time, Jerome Ford picked up the mantle with 116. Dokes not to be uh, you know, forgotten with 77. Alec Pierce uh, really showed how much the UC offense missed him this game. Uh, his first you know, uh, full game back that well, I wouldn't even say full game because he did leave with a with an injury. No update yet from Coach Fickle or the staff if he'll be available this Saturday or not. Might have to wait until after Wednesday to uh, to know his status. But he had three receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just an absolute athletic monster play uh, on that uh, touchdown reception that he had. He jumped from about the five yard line, landed inside the uh, the end zone to score the touchdown on this miraculous catch. Um, definitely showed why he was a leading receiver last year, and uh, hopefully he's okay to move forward. Uh, Jay Sean Jackson recorded two receptions for 50 yards. Uh, I think the longest one was like a 45 yard uh, 45 yard catch. And then you have uh, Michael Young and Trey Tucker each with a receiving touchdown. Uh, and like I said, the disrespect for the Memphis defense was alive and well all day. You got to love it. Uh, putting up another huge point total, 49 points uh, this week, 42 last week. Uh, and proving that the American Athletic Conference not big on defense this year, at least up until this point. So on defense, uh, the Black Cats are really in a league of their own. Uh, Majay Sanders, five solo tackles, was all over the field. He had uh, one and a half sacks. I mean, Brady White was living, he was in living hell on Saturday. Uh, you had Sanders, Wiggins, Marcus Brown, who was an absolute unit, by the way, Wilson Huber, Jabari Taylor, uh, Elijah Ponder, all of them taking part in at least uh, at least a sack, if not a solo sack, uh, you know, helping each other with that. Kept Brady on his feet, on his back, just completely ate alive that offensive line for Memphis, who was, you know, they were supposed to be this top-notch offense, high-flying, throwing up points, 50-some points. Uh, not Saturday. Not Saturday. The Bearcats defense... Uh, showed that they are, without a doubt, the best defense in the conference. I don't know if that was ever in doubt, uh, but one of the top defenses in the country. Uh, absolutely stifling the Memphis offense that was supposed to be so high-powered. That's back-to-back -back weeks with the, the two of the most uh, dominant offenses you know, playing the Bearcats and not being able to put up even half of what they're used to. Uh, really, I think... The the only opponent left with this high power offense is probably uh, UCF, and you know they've they're still not you know what they think they were in 2017. They've already dropped one game. Houston, not, I mean they, I think they average like 33 points a game. 
ECU's not going to put up a bunch of points. You know, you have Tulsa looming there at the end of the season. Uh, Temple, uh, right before that, not going to uh, give, give you that offensive threat. So, don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. But I look for the UC offense to keep putting up big points. And the UC defense, I mean, they might get a shutout. I don't know if they'll get a shutout against Houston. Uh, I'll give you my prediction on that game here in a minute. Uh, but that ECU game, maybe the Temple game, we, let's see if we can't get a shutout uh, and really you know, send that message out to, to everyone. Put, put them on notice if you're not uh, already taking notice of the Bearcats. I think a, a shutout would be would be great to see. And putting up another 40 points on top of it. Would love to see it. With Houston coming up this week, uh, again, Houston's not necessarily what they've been in years past. They are 2-2 two and two right now. The Bearcats, as the last time I checked, were 13.5-point favorites over the Cougars. Uh, Houston... Their wins have come come over Tulane and Navy, not too bad. Some some middle of the road uh, teams there in the in the conference. Uh, they have a loss to number fourteen BYU and then UCF. Uh, they are scoring thirty three points a game, and I do not see any way that Houston puts up thirty three points or anything close to it on this Bearcats defense. Uh, another home game here, no fans allowed. Of course, that's all right. Uh, because the Bearcats are taking care of business with or without them. So, official prediction here, I'm going to have to say the Bearcats 42, the Cougars 7. Let's see if, let's see if we can't make that happen. That'd be awesome. Before we bring in Riley here, I do want to tell you about the, the newest article uh, that I wrote on GoBearcats.com. Uh, I do have an ongoing series of uh, like brewery reviews or brewery introductions for you. Uh, trying, you know, I want to encourage people to get out there, try new beers, try new places. Uh, this past week, I went to Rebel Metal Brewing. Uh, it, it's downtown. I wrote a little article, a little brewery review. On it's up on gobeercats.com now, so definitely go check that out. It's a solid place with some solid beer. I brought a, a Crowler home of their Pilsner, that was probably my favorite one that I had while I was there. Uh, but for more on more on Rebel Metal, go check it out on gobeercats.com. For now, I am uh, drinking a Taft's Gavel Banger, like I said earlier, we're recording on election day. And drinking uh, a beer from Taft's today just makes sense to me. Unfortunately, this is my last one. Uh, I do have a couple Oktoberfests from Sonder leftover that I've been trying to hoard. But I will definitely uh, crack that open here as we welcome in Riley to the show. Riley, what's up, man? Going good, Brandon, man. Just uh, wrapped up my work day. And uh, happy uh, the election stuff is uh, finally starting to pass us. Definitely. It's winding down here, uh, probably causing me to drink a little more than what I planned on doing. Uh, definitely have a Sonder Oktoberfest in front of me uh, now as we're speaking. Uh, you drinking on anything for the podcast here, or, or what have you been drinking lately? Yeah, you gave me a, a little bit of a heads up beforehand. Uh, really, I'm just kind of drinking what I was able to find in my fridge at this point. I got a match ring, um, the lip, the uh, crisp golden ale. But um, more of my kind of style is uh, the style that we have just been all out. 
Very nice, and as you say, you know, your dog sitting. Uh, listeners might be able to be might be able to hear my dog barking in the background. I have no idea what she's doing, but she's losing her mind. So please uh, just ignore that. She'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> so, Riley, I brought you in uh, to talk because we have a uh, we have a group chat with some of our friends from from UC from our college days, where we we talk sports and and talk shit to each other. Uh, you know, for some reason we have a UK fan in there, uh, and we love to give him a hard time. But uh, you know, we're talking. Yeah, hey, you guys love to give me a hard time too about my uh, other allegiances. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring that up. We'll we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll steer away from uh, from giving you a hard time on that. But yeah, uh, okay. yeah, some guys like to give you some shit about that too. Uh, but yeah. you did do, you did do everyone a favor in the group because you, for whatever reason, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. But you did a deep dive into what you think it would take for UC to make the college football playoffs this season. Uh, and when I read through all of it, uh, I thought, well, let's, uh, maybe I need to get Riley on the on the podcast here so he can he can spread this knowledge and tell people what to uh, what to expect. So I um, mean, you you kind of have it broken down in two categories. Let's talk about the first one here that you've labeled most important. So, so what's it going to take for UC to get there? Yeah, and um, you know I love college football, especially with these playoffs. I wish they were expanding more than what they were uh, for right now. But uh, this is just the fun of college football. So, and UC is one of my favorite teams, and you know I just I couldn't help myself to dig into this that helps the game and uh, share it with everybody. So I am actually glad you brought me on here, too. But my most important is really absolutely has to happen because there are so many factors that go into this, but these are the things that clear out have to happen. First, um, the big three have got to win out. It's as clear as day to anybody that's looking at the polls right now that it's Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State that separate themselves from everybody else. And them all being from different divisions of the Big Ten, you know, SEC and Clemson, those teams have to win out. Then we have to hope that those are the only teams that come from those divisions. We need the rest of the teams within those divisions to beat up on each other and them being the only ones that went out. Because if they don't win out, say if Bama loses in the SEC championship or Ohio State loses in the Big Ten championship or Notre Dame beats Clemson, you know that Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State, I don't see there's any way that the playoff committee does not sit there and not put them in. They probably sit there and say, hey, this other, conference, uh, this other team that beat them in their conference is strong. And I'm putting two in there. Um, my theory on that, and this is just my first little point, is obviously because the Big 12 is done. Big 12 beat up on itself, and uh, the Pac-12 would be actually my second point. So right. So um, so just uh, if people aren't paying attention, Texas did beat Oklahoma State this past weekend in overtime. That was really the Big 12s only claim to you know to make the college football playoffs and they're you know does, does a, a it seems that like a one loss big 12 team isn't going to make the cut 
Right. That's that's what we're assuming. Yeah, here. unless like a bunch of things happen that trickle them back up, and just the committee does not want to give it to a non-power five. Yeah, I don't see that happening. And the other thing is, dude, that's great with the Big Twelve is that you know, like you said, Texas beat Oklahoma State this weekend. Like Texas and uh, University of Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State. The fact that both of those teams have two losses so early and those two were supposed to be the favorites for the Big 12 works out great in UC's favor and any other team that's trying to get it out of the top three because you know that Texas is going to come back and upset like they did this week to Oklahoma State. You know Oklahoma, uh, University of Oklahoma is going to be doing that too with teams in the Big 12. So the Big 12 is just, I mean, they're just going to beat up on each other and I, I don't see them coming Coming back, I mean, Oklahoma State, who lost this weekend, they're the highest-ranked team right now um, in the AP of full through Big 12, and they're at 14. And that's really hard to dig out of with, uh, you know, everybody else and what everyone else is doing going on in the country. Right, and how many opportunities is Oklahoma going to get to get blown out in the college football playoffs? Let's give someone else the opportunity to get blown out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I'll take it. All right. So the pack, the Pac-12. You have noted here. They're. I mean, everyone's yeah, counting. That's my second point. Yeah. Go ahead and talk. Like the Pac-12. They're doing. They're doing stuff real weird this season. Yeah. So they. I mean, them and the Big Ten said they were going to sit out this season and because of COVID and push it to spring, and then they both backtracked on that. Pac-12 backtracked last. And they actually, I believe they start this week is their first game for their season. I'm sorry, excuse me, I just here. Um, and they're doing strictly just uh, Pac-12 schedule. They only playing six game, regular season games, all of the Pac-12 uh, teams. And there's only two teams within the Pac-12 now that are ranked. It's Oregon and USC. And USC wasn't even ranked at the beginning of the season. They just kind of creeped up because other teams have beat up on themselves. You know, USC, uh, USC is sitting at 20th and Oregon is sitting at 12th, and they both sit on opposite sides right now of their of their conference and don't play each other in a regular season. And neither one of them are going to be playing a ranked opponent at this point unless, you know, somebody else who's in the Pac-12 becomes ranked from here um, until the end of the season, which I don't see likely. That's so, a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So, man, I'll tell you, I feel like the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is weak. It's been weak. But the playoff committee is going to give to them. If one of them wins out, then they'll probably squeeze in, most likely Oregon. If USC wins out, that helps a little bit better. But what we really need is one of them to lose, get upset at some point during the season, and then that person ends up becoming the uh, Pac-12 champion. And we're just going to assume it's going to be USC or Oregon at this point because of how weak the rest of the conference is. But if one of them has one loss, and I don't think the championship really matters because they've only played six regular season games. And given that you got, you know, SEC teams that are trying to get in, you got UC saying that they're still undefeated at that point. 
you know, there's no way that I see them really jumping up. And even if they do win in the, uh, the championship, Oregon's at 12th right now, uh, which is the highest up. How much are they really going to sit there and jump them up for beating a 20th team that they maybe can get up to 15th before the end of the season if other teams fall? Like, I just, I just don't see it happening, but guarantee the help you see the uh, Bearcats, they got to have a one-loss champion. A one-loss I like because I feel like that just completely rules the Pac-12 out. All right, so we've, we've, eliminated, we've taken out uh, the Big 12. We've taken out the Pac-12. What, uh, what about the SEC? That's, I feel as though if any conference is going to get uh, more than one team into the playoffs, it would be the SEC. Yeah. Uh, so it's just crazy how the Big Ten just started like two weeks ago, and they were the ones that were able to get two teams. And that's already been a complete shit show. So now we're back to the SEC trying to get their second person in. And it works up pretty nicely for them because the only other teams that I can see that are going to have a chance are Georgia and Florida right now. And it's because they both play on the opposite uh, side of the conference that Bama is. They right. both already have one loss, and they're both within the top ten right now. So Georgia on team right now is at five on AP, and we got four at eight. My hope would be that, you know, short term, it'd be a lot better if Georgia uh, – I don't know, man, because actually now the polls have actually kind of changed from uh, where we're at. Honestly, I'm just going to say, like, you know, season-long here – it can go either way. You could have Georgia uh, lose this week or Florida, um, you know, or Florida lose. But I say that, you know, UC is still probably going to be around the same. I feel like if Georgia loses, you know, we'll see how they, they play out. But I think they might almost keep us uh, Cincinnati under them. So um, you're saying uh, you're saying you're saying if Florida beats Georgia this weekend, Florida and Kings, Georgia falls below us and Florida leapfrogs us. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's exact. Yeah, sorry, that's exactly what I'm saying. And actually, let me. I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. Let me just get to my point. They're on the other side of the conference, so they're going to meet Bama in the SEC championship. So at that point, whoever wins from. Uh, out of the two, we already have one loss going in. And then if they lose to Bama, and Bama wins out. So this time piggybacks off of my first point of the big three in college football, winning out and winning their conferences. Then Georgia would have two losses. And they would be, they would be basically done from the playoff. So, but if Georgia won, came back and won and beat Bama in the SEC championship, you know Georgia's going. And oh. you know they're not yeah. going to leave Bama out. So, uh, but it does kind of work out nicely for the SEC right now, assuming that Bama's going to win out, which I feel like, you know, uh, I feel pretty strongly about. Like, I would definitely put money down on Bama winning out and pretty comfortably at night right now. I mean, I don't know, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I think uh, Bama, for whatever reason, has, has their uh, shit together on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, it's the same story it is every year, right? It's it's Alabama football. So uh, I, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if Florida 
upset. I guess you'd call that an upset if they upset Georgia this weekend. You know where they fall, or if if Georgia beating Florida and then losing to Alabama, if that's enough to you know drop them out of the the playoff talks, I think that it would be, uh, and I certainly hope it would be. Uh, Here's the thing about that though, is that because Georgia's only loss right now is to Bama, so Georgia does kind of have an argument saying we only lost to one team this season. However. I just, I don't know if the playoff committee would sit there and be like, and still keep them in the top four if you already lost to Bama twice. Right. Like, and it, I, mean, I, just, it, I mean, it's with Trevor Lawrence uh, coronified, uh, I mean, Alabama could easily be, you know, a one seed, and you got to think that a, a second team from the SEC is the fourth. Are they going to set up a third meeting? Between Alabama and Georgia, I don't, I, I don't know if I need to see that. Yeah, yeah, I just, um, I, you know what? If they do get in, I hope they do. I hope they don't shift around so to avoid that because that would be BS. But um, I, I just don't know, and I only say that a pot, maybe there's a chance that they would let Georgia that lost to Alabama twice get in. And that's only because there's been so much chaos throughout, you know, all the other college football teams this year in conferences that, you know, they could just sit there and be like, no, we're just going to be biased to the SEC and, and let go to ride. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, so the last, the last of the the major conferences that we got to talk about is uh, the ACC and really. There's only one team you got to talk about, at least you know in recent memory, and that's Clemson. But what we saw last week uh, against Boston College, that was um, that was something else. They did they sort of white knuckled their way into winning that game, uh, very close. Way cl- I mean, way closer than they what? were super down. Oh, they, I just yeah. remember like looking at the like going back and forth between games, and I'm just like. Holy cow! Like I can't believe how bad they're losing right now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so that sets up a, a huge, uh, you know, a huge battle this weekend with Notre Dame, uh, who's uh, what are they? Are they ranked number four right now? Uh, yeah, they're ranked four. You got you got Notre Dame and Clemson, and as unless something's changed, uh, as far as I know, Trevor Lawrence will not be the starting quarterback for Clemson. Nothing that I have learned has changed so far. However, I got a feeling he might get uh, Trevor Lawrence might play. I hope he doesn't, but I just saw read the other day that Trevor Lawrence is allowed to still come to the game now, but he's not allowed to play. And it's the the article was saying that it's, he's already done his quarantine but he has to sit out because of the sickness or whatnot. And I'm just like, that is so dumb. That's With very, the amount of very wishy-washy. We have, huh? Yeah. It's just so wishy-washy. And with the amount of COVID stuff that we have, that's totally thrown a wrench into this entire college football season. Why, why does he need to be there? There is no reason for him visiting Notre Dame that he needs to be there. Unless he's going to play. So just seeing that, it just gets me thinking that 
dude, I would not be surprised if some bullshit came around and they and they just and they throw them in. Um, I, have you have you read any of that? No, I, I as far as the first thing that I heard is that he would have he was going to be cleared this Friday. That would have Friday would have ended the quarantine, and then other people that I've talked to and some other sources said, you know, that the quarantine doesn't end until after the weekend, uh, and that was what was being reported on like ESPN and places like that. Uh, they said that you know he wasn't going to be he he would not be playing against Notre Dame, which doesn't I mean uh, you know according to your first point, uh, you know the big three have to win out, uh, you know Notre Dame upsetting Clemson. I feel as though is much more likely this weekend without Lawrence than with him. Yeah, um, it is, and this is actually this is actually my fourth point of my main four most important, and I guess the the, the last two kind of picking off of the main thing that the big three have to win out for their conferences. But um, Notre Dame, just to kind of give a recap for everybody. You know, everyone knows that they're not in their own conference. They do have a deal with the ACC after the playoffs were created where um, they were able to be part of getting in the playoffs by making a deal with the ACC saying that all the other sports will be played in the ACC. They have to face a certain amount of ACC teams each year to schedule on their, um, on their schedule. And then the big reason why their name is not in a conference it's because of their NBC contract that they just raked in money with. So um, any games that are at home, they get the money, and any games that are away, they get the money. But for this season, because of COVID and how things were crazy and everyone just playing mainly just their conference games, Notre Dame was in a pickle, and they made a deal with the ACC this year that for this year, they are basically ACC, and they can actually play in an ACC championship. It will be a rematch for the ACC championship between Notre Dame and Clemson. There's no doubt in my mind. However, I think that this really helps UC. Um, one, Notre Dame has not played any ranked team. Like, I looked back at it, and I know people give them crap, you know, saying they never play anybody. I think they do play people, like, in past. You see some of the teams that they've played. But um, they have not played any ranked opponent this season, and now they're facing a Clemson that hopefully, I actually hope, does not have Trevor Lawrence. I think last week was just kind of like, you know, getting your feet wet for that Clemson quarterback and how to, like, survive without uh, Trevor Lawrence when you're Clemson. Clemson and Alabama are just loaded. You don't sit there and reload at those programs. It's just next to them. So uh, I think they got the little nerves shaken off. In a Clemson beat Notre Dame this weekend, mm-hmm. Notre Dame is dropping hard. I mean, there's no way. They haven't played anybody, and then they uh, lost to a team that didn't have Trevor Lawrence after showing how much they struggled the week before. I just think it's like a perfect scenario for that. If they do, though, win, it totally leaves an asterisk on there because of how much, like, Trevor Lawrence is the most popular uh, football player in college football this year. Yeah, he's a, he's a household name and, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's a complete household name. 
So it's going to put an asterisk on their win regardless. And that actually might help us when they have a rematch. And if Clemson does beat them, one is like Clemson, like I said, would be getting all right. But it would, I think it would devalue Clemson, Notre Dame's win over Clemson that could possibly get somebody else to to shoot up in there. That's a good point. I like that a lot. That, that's something something we hadn't discussed previously, but that's that's a good point of devaluing that win if Lawrence comes back and you know they just throttle Notre Dame or something. Uh, I like yeah. that. All right, so so that's that's like your four most important things uh, of what needs to happen. Uh, so after I read that, it got me kind of thinking. Uh, you know, we talked about these. Wait, hey, just just so it's easier for people that are following here. Those four points are the big three winning out, Pac-12 having a one-loss champ, Dama um, basically winning out with uh, Georgia Florida uh, losing an SEC championship, and then. Notre Dame and Clemson, you know, what we would talk about. Absolutely. So, so after those four points, that got me thinking about, uh, you know, the American Athletic Conference and all of its glory. Uh, and for, you know, it, it's a solid conference this year. You know, the middle uh, of the conference uh, is decent. Uh, you know, the, the, like, we don't have Connecticut anymore, so that just makes us look better, you know, just off the top. Uh and in my opinion, maybe the two strongest teams, SMU and Memphis, we've already, you know, blown the tires off of. Uh, but that, so that the scenario that I, I uh, put a Twitter poll out on uh, earlier this week, uh, the question was this. So which is the better scenario for, for the Bearcats? You have scenario one where Tulsa wins out and you would have to think they'd be at least a top 20 team by the time we play them on December 5th to make up that postponed game uh, from a couple weeks ago. Or SMU and Tulsa still have to play. So you have SMU beating Tulsa on November 14th. They continue to reclimb the rankings and setting up a rematch with the Bearcats in the championship game. What uh, what do you think is the better scenario for, for the Bearcats? So I actually thought about this a lot, and I was going back and forth on it. But um, I got to say that I think it's SMU winning out. And uh, here's why. First, just you got to think of the thing that kind of sucks with the ACC is that uh, for, for us is that so if you look at the beginning of the season and the teams that were you know, expected to do well, if those teams don't do well, then people just think our conference is, is shit. Right. So um, it really sucks about uh, UCF. They shot us in the foot. You know, Memphis is still doing okay, like doing good, because the only teams they've lost to is Cincinnati and SMU. So if they went out, it just makes us look better. Uh, both those teams uh, look better and value us. Uh, you know, that gives value, but... When you're in a conference like you are now, like everyone has to do well in order for the one team that stands out to do well. Right. And at the preseason rankings, uh, Tulsa was at the like 11th or at the bottom of being projected for this season. So, uh, and SMU was uh, right behind Cincinnati at fourth. I think Cincinnati was third. 
And then it was like UCF and Memphis in, in the top two spots there. So um, just because, and yeah, Tulsa is sat there and now they, you know, have only had one, uh, who was their one loss? I know they had one loss. Oh, yeah, this is actually one of my points, uh, which I'll wrap around back in a minute, but their only loss was Oklahoma State, uh, the leader of the Pac-12 right now. But um, they've only had three games. They've had to postpone a lot because of uh, COVID. And I feel like they're only showing to do well right now because everyone else is dropping around them. It's kind of like the scenario of Wisconsin. Wisconsin's moving up because they're having everyone else is dropping around them and they've been sitting out because of COVID issues. I don't, I think it's great if they continue to win out, but um, I don't feel like at the end of the season, if they went all the way up through and beat SMU during their season, that it's going to make them look like a stronger team or a strong win. I think it's just going to more devalue, you know, the teams that we have within our conference. Uh, other, uh, other points I have for SMU, one is that they have won out to where they're at now, except for losing to us, and they got killed by us. They beat Memphis which Memphis was ranked at that time at a top 25. They have more, their non-conference is really hasn't been, wasn't anything strong, um, but they did beat those games. And when we beat them, we blew them out. So it makes us look really good by beating them. Also, it's kind of like the same scenario where I said with Bama and Georgia, if Georgia loses to Bama in the SEC championship, Georgia can say their only team that they lost to is Bama. That also helps us in our case of if SMU went out, we play them again and we beat them. SMU is only lost to UC. And they'll be continuing to climb up by the time we do face them, where it's like, okay, SMU was a good team. They've only lost to UC, who's a dominant team and who has been really blowing everybody out within their conference to really boost us up. See, I agree with you. Thing I, uh, yeah. Sorry, I keep going. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on that before no, I go you're, into this you're stuff, fine. I got some good stuff on this. When I when I put this Twitter poll up, I thought I thought B was a better scenario. SMU, you know, beating Tulsa and climbing back up the rankings, just because I think, uh, you know, that number in front of the name will matter a lot. And if they can get back up, you know, to a, a top 15, you know, I think they have a better chance of doing that than Tulsa climbing all the way up. Uh, you know, to a, to a top 15 or a top 12 team or something like that. Uh, but Twitter, of course, disagrees with us. That's all right. They think A is better. I tweeted that. I like retweeted some of the good responses. Uh, you know, they the, think Tulsa winning out is better. Yeah, they go. I mean, it's uh, the Twitter poll finished like 60, 60.3 to 39.7 percent in favor of Tulsa winning out. Um, I retweeted some some people that had uh, you know pretty good points about that. Nothing really changed my mind. I still think I still think SMU winning out helps us the most. Yeah, here's another thing I looked into when I dove into this um, SMU schedule. Their preseason they faced two you know who cares teams. They had their game versus TCU postponed. And I kind of dug into that more. And 
they have, uh, which is another team is also doing this, which we'll talk about in the other things I can help you see. But um, they have been loose on when they could possibly, they just labeled it as postponed their game. They were supposed to face TCU on September 11th. We just had yep. it postponed. They haven't put it as canceled. And that's a, you know, a big thing to call out. All these other teams that have gone through this, they will show if it's canceled. If it's canceled, it's canceled. You can clearly see these things when you go on uh, ESPN. The reason why there is still a glimmer of hope is that TCU um, could potentially do a reschedule with SMU at the end of SMU season. So SMU's last game is November 28th. And then you got, let me see here on my calendar, you got the the December, so that's the last week in November, and you got December 4th, uh, December 5th, December 12th, and then December 19th. So plenty of time right to make now, up that game. Huh? Plenty of time to make up that game. Yeah. So especially because now these, um, these conference championships, are getting pushed back. So ACC, um, our, the, our conference, the American, has already said that they, the party may announce that they're pushing our championship back till the 19th. The Big 12, which was originally supposed to be on the, uh, the 5th of December, like all these, like ours was and everything else, they have made an announcement that they're not going to do it then, but they're going to either pick between the 12th or the 19th to move their Big 12 championship game back. Not that TCU is going to be in it. Well, who knows with how bad they are. I doubt they will be with 33 losses. But um, I don't want, I wouldn't see them wanting, to, I don't see what would be benefit for them to play during their, the same week that their conference championship game is going on uh, if they're not in it. But if it's the 19th and they're sitting there, I did not realize how big of a rivalry TCU and SMU had. Uh, they had played like 90 over 90 or 99, I think it was like just shy of 100 consecutive years of going back and forth um, with those teams like never being in the same conference. I did not so know that, that at all. Game, yeah. 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 It's, oh, did you do you know what it is exactly? Or no? Uh. Uh-uh. No. Well, I mean, regardless, that just tells me right there, that games matter to them. Even though this may not be a rivalry that really anybody knows, for them to play that many consecutive games, that rivalry games matter to them. Just like, you know, UC could say that, you know, Miami of Ohio's rivalry matters because we've, you know, had such a long history with them. So that really kind of also gives another game from a... from a, a, you know, a power five conference that SNU can play to also boost their, their resume before we face them in the, um, in our championship. And they also have Oklahoma State at the very end of the season of their last game that they have potential to upset on that too. TCU so, um, TCU. Yeah, yeah, TCU's games right now that they have left, they have Texas Tech, West Virginia, who just upset uh, Kansas State this past week, 
uh, University of Kansas, which, you know, this ain't basketball, so that's a win. And then you got Oklahoma State. But nice. they have, uh, you know, a shot that have a winning record if that game gets rescheduled with SMU. And that's the thing that could really help us out a lot, which also was kind of one of the things that after I saw that, I was like, you know what? That also adds to we really want SMU to win out. Because nice. I think when it comes down to the power of the, the playoff committee, the playoff committee with us being from uh, a non-Power 5 conference, they're not really caring about, you know, top 25, top 20 range when they want teams that are ranked higher that we be. So we want SMU to be as high as they can be rather than having us be two teams that are ranked within the lower, you know, part of the top 25. Definitely, I, I, I'm I'm right with you there. And just to, you brought up Miami, Ohio. This is just a complete side note, and maybe it will act as a transition into uh, you know your last set of points. Well, I'm a long. I've been long standing in uh, in favor of canceling that game. I don't see any. I see no benefit you see gets from playing Miami uh, every year. I don't care if it's in Paul Brown or on the moon. Um, I don't know. That's another podcast topic all to itself. I'm gonna put that in my pocket for a later episode. I no. I um, the only benefit I have to that is that one of my best friends from high school, his dad played at football at uh, Miami of Ohio, and uh, it's just that one time a year where I could just text him and tell him to tell his dad, and I just talk shit to him. But other than that, I completely agree. Yeah. If uh, the fact that. We have to say Miami or Ohio being yeah. UC fans on the, on the Bearcat podcast, the differentiary between the Miami U down in Florida already speaks for itself. They're just not, we're trying to elevate ourselves. And it's, I, I don't think anybody would really care at UC. If no, not at all. We, that game was canceled uh, because, you know, the Mac was, didn't know what they were going to do and no one noticed. Not like, no one, no one <laughs> that's uh, a Bearcats fan blinked an eye when they said we weren't going to play Miami. Um, but so digging ourselves out of the weeds there on that topic, give me give me a quick rundown uh, of everything else you gave me and you gave our listeners. You know the most important things to happen. Uh, if you could, uh, you know, give us a quick rundown of anything that helps. Uh, UC's case, uh, you know, throughout college football. Okay. Um, of the, my, because I had my most important help uh, when I gave out, and we just talked about the most important in the, the top four. Uh, I'm going to start with probably the most uh, valued of the help, and, it, and it's actually starting to become more of a, kind of almost most important since I sent that out, is that Texas A&M, needs one more loss. Texas A&M is on Bama's side of the SEC conference. And, oh, excuse me. They, uh, uh, Auburn just got back in the top 25 uh, on the rankings right now this week. So they weren't ranked last week. Now they're ranked in, uh, you know, 24th. When the playoff committee rankings come out in uh almost just shy of two weeks from the day on November 17th, 
they're probably going to be up higher, and that's going to be a ranked win with Texas A&M already breathing down our net on the, uh, in the AP pool, and then them having another top 25 win right before the end of their season. That would be something that could really put Texas A&M over. And then Texas A&M is only have one loss now, and they could say their only loss was to Bama, and they played on Bama's side, and that could be a possible second team that the playoff committee takes from the SEC in the playoffs. So um, I think Texas A&M is always overrated. I mean, come on. I feel like every season, Texas A&M, they rank them up so high, and then they end up like losing like around three games like dropping out of uh, top 25 and then like just like barely getting back in towards the end of the season. But they're just overrated so much all the time. And it's just kind of go like it. And that just even more strengthens my, my point I'm trying to make that the reason why they're already up as high as they are this season is because of all the chaos that has happened. If this was a regular, if COVID was an issue this season, and we were all this playing just like any other football season, there's no way Texas A&M would have uh, just one loss to this season. But that's definitely my, my highest of other things that need to happen. Um, other big things, we've already talked about um, Tulsa. Uh, when we face Tulsa, because they also played Oklahoma State, I know I called on this uh, earlier, they only lost, it was 16 to 7. And that was the first game of the season that um, that both those teams played. That's not much of a point differential not at all. for and Oklahoma State. For Tulsa, they're the only other team in the American Conference, it seems like, that decided to play defense this season. Uh, you know, UCF doesn't play defense. Memphis doesn't. Uh, SMU. The Big 12 definitely doesn't. No, no. They the Americans adopted that way of thinking for the season. With Tulsa being the last opponent for the Bearcats, that that maybe even know what defense is. So we, we talked about that. Tell us. Well, UC already has a, a win over tw- number 22 Army. What's Army got to do? So hold on, just a second. Last point on that. The point I'm bringing that up is is that we have to if we blow Tulsa out at the end of the season. And Oklahoma State, which is still likely to be the Big Ten, uh, Big 12 champ, the committee will look at that because that will be a game that they can compare between us in Big 12 if they were ever to try to put the Big 12 above us. Good point. Uh, in the game. So I just, that's the reason why I called it out. Uh, we spoke of Army. Uh, my, uh, well, you know what, dude? I've been giving my thoughts. Give me your thoughts on Army before I give my thoughts on Army. I mean, Army was was a solid team. Um, you know, I, I I think of course you know they were ranked 22. I believe they're back in the rankings now. I'm not for sure where they are, but I'm pretty sure they're back in the top they 25. They are. They are for the coaches' poll, not for the AP. The coaches' poll, they're they're um, 22nd. Okay, gotcha. So so the, so they're trending upwards. Um, of course, if they win out, I want them to win out. That makes UC look even better. Uh, but real, I mean, the the biggest game that they have left, and it's not even for sure, is BYU, right? So that was that was something yeah. that got rescheduled or postponed or something. Uh, and I mean, everyone for whatever reason, BYU, you know, gets sort of the benefit of the doubt from like the group of five teams, even though they're independent, they're not in the group of five. I'll just throw that out there. But they get the benefit of the doubt. So if Army would beat them, 
you know, that would be case closed for the, uh, for Brigham Young University. Yeah, it uh, definitely would be. And when I looked into that, because that was one, uh, as you know, it was one of my uh, kind of health points. Sorry, I keep burping from the spear, man. It's all but, good. <laughs> um, if uh, there's two games, I mean, there's two weekends that they can play. One is in November and one is in December that are open. And they have still, like, you know, uh, they still label that game postponed. And from, they have not rescheduled that for this season, but they had all the articles that I read because I kept trying to think, like, why hasn't anything been reported on since this has happened? They said that um, they were trying to be flexible given COVID and they didn't want to reschedule something right away. But it's getting to that point that they're going to need to decide whether they're going to reschedule that or not. And the fact that they have two open weekends that they could do that, I feel like they're going to do it. One, BYU is just like UC. They need another top uh, top 25 win, and they're just itching for top 25 opponents. They play Boise State this weekend, which is uh, um, which is in, ranked within the top 25. But Boise State only played two games, so it's like they're just one of those teams that have just benefited from everyone else who's been around them, and then they finally just start to creep up in. So they're gonna BYU is gonna need more than that to bolster themselves up. And if Army wins out, they're gonna get back in the AP. They will probably get uh, back into the top 25 of the uh, playoff pools when those come out. And that could be a game that BYU could help to boost them up. But also, if they lose, man, that really helps Cincinnati. Like, that was a great schedule for us, and it just kind of happened that uh, Army was starting to be uh, good this year. We faced them when they were ranked. And I really don't hot, like hold high value to when we their, when we did beat them with their ranking because so many teams were not in and they already took out all the big Pan uh, and big uh, Pac-12 teams. I'm pretty sure during those rankings. Yeah, I think but the so. The fact that Army is now getting ranked back in, and if they come back in the top 25 rankings at the end of the season, that's really going to show value to when we beat them. Definitely. And that would be another team that we could sit there that we could say that would be huge that would help us out. I also think Memphis is going to be ranked by the end of the season. They've only lost, I've already mentioned before, they already lost to us and SMU. And they have a, they could easily win out the rest of their games. I feel like they're going to get back uh, in the top 25. So when you look at it, you have the potential, even if BYU doesn't reschedule Army, I think Army can still come back in the top 25. But if they do reschedule and Army beats them, that really helps you see. But if you look at the end of the season, that will be three, uh, potentially three teams that will be in the top 25 that UC set can say that they beat. And then you have the Tulsa, whichever they end up, that's a comparable game to the pack, uh, to the Big 12 that would really help um, our resume. So. Right, we've given uh, the listeners a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff here. I do want to yeah, t- t- try to keep uh, try to keep each episode at least under an hour. We're about to approach that. 
so we've given uh, we get them every con conference you know something to look at. Uh, I think you know we're far away. Still a lot of football left to play, and the Bearcats' number one job is to just keep winning and win big whenever they can, which they've proven they should be able to you know do that every week. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast. Or not, uh, not the beginning, I shouldn't say that, but uh, right before you came on, I gave my official prediction for the Houston game, which is uh, this Saturday at 3.30. It actually got bumped to ABC, so uh, not quite prime time. Great for us. Yeah, but that's still uh, national exposure. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I gave the official prediction 42-7 to Bearcats. What are you thinking for your official prediction this weekend? Oh, man. I mean, I probably, I would probably say uh, around the same, but Bearcats 40, but I would probably give Houston either 10 or, or, or 17. I don't, I don't I think that they could. I don't know if they have the offensive firepower to, to go up against that defense. I, I, I'm predicting a shutout in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have ECU after that. Uh and of course, they're you know at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, I'm my my big thing that week will be a, a, a defensive shutout. I hope UC beats them, fit, puts up a fifty piece, and they don't even get a field goal. Yeah, I mean that's always my that's always my hope uh, too. But I think if we keep them under seventeen and we score at least forty or more, we're fine. I would much rather have that be lower. It's just the thing with Houston, man. They got that um, uh, that guy that needs a toupee. Who's the Who's the old coach from uh, West Virginia? That's <laughs> uh, their coach now. What's his name? Oh my god! Uh, I, I I can't think of his name, but he's pretty. I feel like he's recognizable. He's like they always show him like this, like hair all messed up. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's kind of a team. Yeah, I, I just wish they were better uh, in in our conference. They they will be in the years to come, but. But no, I I think we're we're easily winning. We're easily winning, especially with some of the teams that we've already faced. Absolutely, man. I, I want to uh, yeah. I want to thank you for uh, for jumping on the podcast here. You are our second official guest, uh, and you know I got a lot more lined up. Uh, you know maybe we'll check back in uh, with you towards the end of the season to see how all these uh, how all these things uh, you know played out. Yeah. Uh, no, I would definitely love that. Thank you for having me on. And it'll be really interesting to see what the uh, playoff committee has in their first week of ranking when those come out on November 17th. That would be a really interesting tell to see how far UC is uh, behind and how, how big of a hill they have to climb. Absolutely, man. Uh, I, will, I will let you go here. I'm sure we will get back to uh, giving you a hard time in our group chat. And, uh, you know, we'll check in soon. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, Brandon. Thanks a lot for having me on the podcast. I uh, appreciate it. And, uh, take care. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. 
I want to thank Riley for jumping on here with me today, giving uh, us some, you know, a deep dive into uh, the college football playoffs. Uh, don't usually talk about other college football teams that much on the podcast, uh, but it's definitely worth the discussion to see what uh, you know, see what UC has to do to you know break that glass ceiling and you know muscle their way into the college football playoffs. We'll definitely check uh, what uh, you know what that progress has looked like throughout the season. Our next podcast uh, is actually going to be a basketball-focused podcast. We got uh, a little basketball season preview coming up. It'll probably drop next Wednesday. Uh, I got a very special guest for that one. I'm not going to say who it is, uh, but you all know and love the man. And if I had to give you a hint, uh, if you listen to the intro, uh, you can definitely hear him chime in a couple of times uh, in those highlights. So I look forward to that. Uh, follow on Twitter, like on Instagram and Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, tell us what you think of it, and of course, uh, check out GoBearCats.com. Thank you for tuning in, and as always, cheers and Go Bearcats.